right, today we come to James chapter 5, the final chapter of the letter. And this chapter doesn't follow the path of one single theme, but it seems to wrap up some loose ends that were started earlier in the letter. He talks about money and riches, patience and suffering and hardships, and the value of praying in faith. So let's just look at a few things uh, that we find here, just a couple really. One, uh, laying up treasure. Let's think about that. We've seen several times throughout the letter that James echoes Jesus in many respects. Of course, being the brother of Jesus, half-brother, this comes as no real surprise. But we have another example of it in this chapter. In the early verses of, of the chapter, we encounter James using phrases like, your riches have rotted and are moth-eaten, uh, and you have laid up treasure. That's verses 2 through 4. Consider how these echo Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount as he commanded his followers to lay up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys. So again, here we have James reflecting on and applying further the, the direct teachings of Jesus. James is reflecting on and applying particularly Jesus' emphasis on where we lay up our treasures, what we value. James, like Jesus, cautions sternly against valuing earthly goods and pleasures above all else. All the earthly things in which we invest our money and resources will pass away to our great harm. James says, your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are have corroded and they, their corrosion will be evidence against you, verses 2 and 3. He condemns those who consciously and pridefully, according to verse 5, have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. It's far wiser to invest the resources with which the Lord has blessed us in things that will last and matter eternally. When Scripture commands and leads us to be generous with our means, uh, to give toward the work of the church, to support the cause of missions and missionaries, to provide out of our abundance for the needs of the poor, and so forth and so on, it is only for the glory of Christ, not only that, but also for the increase of, of our ultimate and eternal happiness and gain. Well, let's think secondly and finally about the prayer of faith. The latter half of this chapter has been and still is interpreted variously. There isn't a lot of time here to delve into every curiosity or debated phrase, so I simply want to offer my understanding of it and emphasize the overall point. Beginning in verse 14, James asks the question, Is anyone among you sick? Thereupon he lays out instructions as to how the church ought to respond. And here are the instructions in verses 14 and 15. Let him call for the elders of the, of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Two questions generally arise from these verses. One, how, we're to, how are we to understand anointing him with oil? And two, in this teaching... Um, that if we is is this teaching that if we just pray with enough faith that physical healing will result every time let me offer my thoughts on these questions first how are we to understand James's assumption that for the sick person the elders would be anointing him with oil some believe the oil here has some spiritual purpose people buy and sell these little bottles of oil to use during prayer believing that there's uh spiritual significance in the oil itself, that is entirely possible, and, and many interpret it that way. Um, I, I, just, I see no um, I, I see no necessary disagreement with the, the oil, not, not that the oil is magical in itself, but that the oil is merely symbolic of the, the, the Holy Spirit's um, 
healing presence and power. Uh, you know, that, certainly. But I, in my view, it's far more likely that the oil is, that is referred to in this passage was medicinal, medicinal in nature. Consider that in the, in the first century, all pharmaceutics were natural remedies, various oils included. There were no synthetic drugs to take. So I believe that when Jesus, when James said anointing with oil, he wasn't necessarily saying something distinctly Christian. Um, but what in that day would have been the ordinary response of anyone in sickness, um, like taking Tylenol for a headache. Um, James is not in, in intending to draw attention to the oil, which was simply the physical medicine for the physical illness. James is intending to urge the Christian not to put faith solely in the medicine because it is ultimately the Lord who heals, thus the exhortation to apply the medicine in the name of the Lord. So it then raises the second question as to whether the healing is commensurate with the amount of faith in our prayer. Is it the case that if we just believe enough, then the Lord will respond? If no physical healing comes, is it because we didn't believe enough? To those questions, I would make one observation. We need to see this passage in context and remember that the end of chapter 4, uh, at the end of chapter 4, James has just said that it, it is presumptuous for us to say that something is going to happen without acknowledging, at least in our minds, if the Lord wills. That squares with how Jesus taught his disciples to pray, namely that one of the that one of the fundamental things we should pray is, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So whatever this verse means, uh, it isn't a contradiction of the principle that we always pray in submission to the will of the Lord. And fortunately for us, God doesn't always answer our prayers in the way that we asked, but always in the way that we should have asked if we were wiser. That's one of the mercies of being a child of God, that he answers our prayers better than we pray them. So when, when the elders pray by faith according to the will of the Lord, the Lord can and will restore that person uh, in his own perfect way in answer to that prayer. The ultimate emphasis here is that it is the Lord who heals, and our eyes should be on him, believing that he is good and always desires the best for his children, regardless of the physical outcome. And those are just a few thoughts from James chapter 5.